Well, hey there and howdy out there in Radio Land. I hope you had a great week and thanks for joining us for Talking Movies with my mom. And once again, welcome back to the show. Again, I do hope that you did have a wonderful week. And this is, of course, Talking Movies with my mom. I'm your host, Ben Revere. And as always with me is my rather ravishing co-host, my mom. Wow, what an introduction. Well, you took a shower before we started recording, so you got kind of a, a neat wet look. Going I did. On I, right now. I took the dust off. Yeah. The grape dust. Gets uh, grape dust is what you did. What I didn't know grapes could produce dust. Eh, it's kind of dusty out in the plant when you crawl inside to pick them. Everything's dusty. You live on a gravel road. What do you expect? It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of grapes out here on the farm. Yeah. What, what's the tally at? The tally. It's the final tally. It's been going on for a couple of weeks. I think. Is 103 pounds. 103 pounds Each of grapes. lovingly picked and processed. Lovingly? Yes. <laughs> as I swear while I'm picking them off the plant. <laughs> Blue fingers and all. It will become wine. Put up a of which I don't really they drink. Said. It'll be fun, they said. Yeah, I don't know who said it was going to be fun. <laughs> At least there was no snakes. Oh, that's good. There's I've one in there's one in the garden. There is one out there? Yeah. Because I've saw. seen you around a snake. I think about the only time that you do not look ter- you don't look terrified, but you look terrifying is when you see a snake and you're aboard a lawnmower. Which is where I was the other day when I saw him, but I would have had to like venture into the carrot row to get him. Are you like slipping? Because it used to be like at least 10 years ago, you'd go like Dukes of Hazard style and just like, you know, jump over a sinkhole to, nah, to he, land one of them. He was on the end of the garden. Okay. And he went towards the carrots. So I wasn't willing oh, to sacrifice the carrots. It's I like, see. well, somebody yeah. else is picking carrots. If it had been anywhere in the backyard, you wouldn't have cared. Oh, no, I would have gone after him whole, full bore. <laughs> Yeah, that right. Or if you're driving and they're on the road, yeah. Oh yeah, I oh, forgot yeah. about that. You it, used to. Oh, it's man. always the great big ones that are on the road. Growing up, like we'd be driving somewhere as a kid. Sometimes it would almost seem treacherous because you would swerve for them. You would swerve to hit a snake. Yes, I would. And and you would have such a look of devious delight in your eyes when you would when you'd finally land one of them if i missed them i was like oh yeah they but all came you... out because it rained so they've all been out of their holes i haven't seen a lot this year but i know there's some little ones living in the garden and i don't that's the only thing i'm totally terrified are they, are of. they like garter snakes yeah yeah that's usually mostly the snakes that you know you, we've seen around i'll here. be dreaming about them tonight oh boy no, no, we're not going there. <laughs> hey, can we take a moment to talk about the weirdest fucking thing I saw on the internet this week? The weirdest thing you saw on the internet? Yeah, we actually been talk- we were talking about it last night. Yeah. But uh, I just wanted to talk about it on this platform as well, because just when you think you've seen everything, I mean, we're in 2021, you think you've seen everything. And then somebody comes out with something that, what? I didn't know this needed to happen. 
coming out Netflix is going to premiere on October 1st. I looked it up. I I can't even take take it seriously. Take a breath. Come up for air. (laughs) Because the idea is so ridiculous. On Netflix, Friday, October 1st, we will have the opportunity to see Diana the Musical. Yeah. Which is, yes, folks, it's it's based... I would I would think it's loosely based. I don't think this is all going to be all that accurate no. based upon the life of of Diana Spencer. Uh Princess Diana. Just not sure how I feel about it. It's, well, I, I am sure how I, I feel about it. I don't understand how anybody thought this was going to be a good idea. You're curious about it, but I don't even know if I'm curious. Well, it is. We did talk seriously about it last night because that's when I saw the news and I had to say I, I, I had to talk about it, you know, with somebody. And we talked about how there's a lot of, especially in recent months and years as well, that there's we've gotten back into that tabloid fanatic mode when it comes to the royals. And it's... Not only it's gone beyond the tabloids, there's movies and right. TV shows that are fictionalizing these real life people. And there's a lot to Diana that I don't know what there's an odd legacy that's left because there's so many people that are latching onto this idea of, oh, she was harassed by the royals and she was a victim. And this is why I should be invested in her. But nobody talks about her philanthropy and her humanitarian efforts. They don't really talk about her as a person. No. And she did a lot of really good things. She did a lot of amazing Disabling things. Disabling landmines. Where land was mines. it with the landmines? You know, I'd, I'd have to look it up. I'm not sure what country it was, but... There was kids that were losing their limbs because where they'd play, the landmines would go off. They were leftovers from a war. And her mission was to disable these landmines, and she did a lot of work on it. And I actually, I don't know if this is any way related to how she helped with it, but I watched a documentary once on how they train rats to find the landmines so the rat knows somehow oh they yeah train them that. yeah it's quite interesting i i just looked it up real quick it was in angola okay it was in angola where she but Which, i mean she did all sorts of stuff like this yeah countries with poverty she would go and she did all kinds of humanitarian efforts but nobody talks but you look about in it. the newspapers and everything they're talking about is you know how chuck and camilla are doing and and it was you always know, it related was always, to the royals it was i mean the royals is a i'm i'm more fascinated by british politics which yeah. you know that about me so i did watch the i watched the first series and the fourth series of the crown uh but the only reason i watched it was because in the first series, it was John Lithgow as Winston Churchill, who was just a huge character in history. And then the fourth season, 
uh, where they introduced Diana and Charles and right. that whole drama. It was Gillian Anderson as Margaret Thatcher, who right. was brilliant, by she the way. She did an excellent job. But as far as the royals are concerned themselves, it's kind of, I don't know, it's... It seems like they miss the mark on the story so much. And it, I think that's been the case. Well, I think it really blew up in the 80s was where the scandal was just, you know, rampant. You had, you know, Randy Andy, who was up to all of his tricks, and Fergie, who was just a drunken floozy. And then the whole Chuck and Die thing. It was like, that's where I feel the legacy of the royals they lost a lot. <laughs> they lost a lot of credibility. Yeah, I think. and I'm just gonna say a musical. Is well, like, and now, yeah, that's the point we're at now. We're is down that, to a really, really, really <laughs> low, really low point. And I don't know where this. It, it, it's interesting because who knows where this whole fascination stemmed from? If it stemmed from the royals themselves. Or it stemmed as the people digesting it. I think it's more so the people digesting it, yeah, and, and immortalizing it, and celebrating it, and 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 singing about it because Netflix has uh, just done this. It was a Broadway show to begin with. So what Netflix is going to be premiering is a, a they filmed a, a production of this on Broadway. And it's going to be coming back to Broadway, is what's being said, once things open back up with COVID restrictions and what have you. Again, who thought this was a good idea? Because coming mm -hmm. from... I was trying to think the attitude that I had towards it. Like, what story are they trying to tell? And it kind of seems to me like it's a self self-empowered... Disney princess story. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's probably spot on. Because <laughs> she was, people were infatuated with her. I know. But and she did good things, so they're trying to, honestly, they're making her into a fictional character well, and turning it into a musical, well, which to me is sad. Where I do think. you think this, it's, it's going to end? What do you think the ending to this is? Of the show? Yeah. I have no idea. Like, Does are it... they going to end in a car crash? I don't know. <laughs> it, it's weird. The whole thing is weird. It is weird. very weird. Um, I think they'll gain viewers because of curiosity. Yes. But as far as, like, entertainment value, I don't really see how it there'd just, be a lot of entertainment it value. It leaves a sour taste in in your mouth, and there is that curiosity factor, but there's also the question of, and I actually read this in the Washington Post, there's a lot of people saying, did this even need to happen? Do we need this? Yeah. Another thing I wanted to pull from that the Washington Post and the article they wrote was they uh, had interviewed the actress who is playing the title role, oh, yeah. uh, British actress uh, Gina DeWall, and, and she is saying that she wants this done with tact, that the production has been done with tact, and trying to portray a human story, even though there's been leaked that there's... There's apparently like one scene where Queen Elizabeth II says something to the effect of off with her head. Were they going for a Henry VIII thing? I then, don't or, know. You know? The other thing that uh, Gina DeWall said was this is she 
would love to see Prince William and Prince Harry view the production. But she understands that, she said, quote, watching me play their mother at dramatic moments in her life might be very upsetting for them. You think? (laughs) I don't know why. Hey, I want you to come to this show where I'm going to play your mom, but I'm going to but there's going to be points where I'm going to play her when she was at her worst. Are you okay with that? It's just <laughs> the whole thing is bizarre. I so seriously ridiculous. wish they would just let her rest in peace. She was a good yes. person. She did a lot of good things. I agree. You know, if they wanted to do a documentary on her good things that she did in life, I'd be interested in that. And there have been some that have uh, floated out throughout the years. I catch them every once in a while, but nobody really talks about it. And I think that when you take a real person like that, you know, it's, I don't know, it's different because, I mean, there are biopics out there. and But usually, you know, if, if it's about... And you're going to run the risk of not telling the whole story because it's fictionalized. But there have been movies that we've seen about artists. There's movies we've seen about musicians. There's there's actors. You know, so it's not that it can't be done. One well, Well, the one that I just historical figures. We were talking about this movie last night, and we are going to review it at a certain point. uh, Was a movie that came out a few years back called Jackie. Yeah. With um, Natalie Portman as Jackie and as Kennedy. Excellent film. It's so beautiful. And done with class. And done with not sensationalizing the story. Not at all. It, I mean, there were things that were changed. There were things that needed to be adjusted to fit the medium. But it wasn't, it wasn't done with that same tabloid. Not at all. It, it was done with class. It was done with extreme class. And I keep referencing to it like in a tabloid fashion. And you know what? The royal family was littered with that. What, are you making, then are you making a film about the royals or are you making a film about the tabloids? That's, well, that's my a question. good question because I think the play seems like a tabloid type thing. Well, yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's but kind of pathetic. I'm not. We'll we'll stay on the lookout. For I don't it. know if I'll be out of curiosity watching it or not. I haven't jury's out I, with I me. I don't think I'll be able to watch it sober. No. I I don't. <laughs> I mean, it, I'm gonna have to have a drink. It's just bizarre. Or two. <laughs> the whole thing is just bizarre. When you were reading it last night, I was like, no. Well, and it was like, is this is happening? It was kind of it's it seemed too surreal to me. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. She was a good person. She was a great person. But is this a story we need to tell? Hey, if you anybody's got an opinion out there on it, feel free to send us a message via Facebook. All you got to do is look up Talking Movies with My Mum. And we do still have uh, the email address as well, which is talkingmovieswithmymum at gmail.com. Uh, yay or nay, should Diana the Musical be a thing? Let us know. <laughs> no. Well, unfortunately, it is a thing because Friday, know. October first. Uh, should we should we do our own like midnight viewing of it? Wait yeah, until we we could all have a viewing party. <laughs> it's weird. So weird. 
Well, at any rate, uh, we do have a movie that we are going to talk about today. And uh, this is kind of a perennial favorite, I think, for us both. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I think we came across this uh, at different points in our lives, but it's kind of, I would say it's a solid go-to flick. And I, I don't even care what anybody is going to think of me uh, in this particular episode because it's not really a, a macho movie. I suppose it could be about. considered a chick flick. Yes, I think I've met people who have referred to it as a chick flick. And you know what? I'm empowering myself today, and we're going to have fun with this one. It actually one. has a lot of comedy in it. Though. Oh, it's hilarious. It was from 1989. It's an American comedy drama film directed by Herbert Ross, starring Sally Field, Dolly Parton, Shirley MacLaine, Daryl Hannah, Olympia Dukakis, and Julia Roberts. It's Steel Magnolias. Awesome film. So much fun. And I, I, this was a fun one to revisit uh, uh, for me because I, like I said, it's kind of a perennial go-to for me. Yeah. It's one of those films that just makes you feel good and you like to watch it. Well, and it's so relatable on a lot of levels. Oh, yeah. And such a great ensemble cast. So much to talk about here, but just to follow in our usual fashion, we are going to take a, a quick little break to stretch our legs and whatnot. And this is an opportunity for those of you playing the home game, if you want to pause the record and take a look at Steel Magnolias from 1989. We found this one on Stars. Oh, is that where it was? Yeah. Which I like stars. Yeah, it's a good platform. It is a good platform. They started as a channel and now they got their own streaming service. And uh, they kind of have some hidden gems uh, that are tucked in mm -hmm. there that you wouldn't see anywhere else. And they're completely void of any musicals about royals. It's a plus. It is a plus. So uh, we'll take a little bit of a pause for the cause. Go ahead and take a break with this as well. We'll come back and we'll be talking about Steel Magnolias. Hey gang, are you looking for some stickers? You know, those fun little things that you put on coffee cups or water bottles. Hell, some of you might be crazy enough to even put them on the bumper of your car. Well, I want to let you know that Art Riot Promotions is there for you to stick a bit of fun back into your life. If you're promoting a small business or a band or even a podcast, Art Riot is ready to deliver. Check them out at 819 Main Avenue in Moorhead, Minnesota or online at artriotpromotions.com. Art Riot Promotions, bringing a little bit of weird back to Fargo-Moorhead. And just as advertised, we are back from our break. Hello. Speak up. Hello. Be confident. People Hello. like you. Hello. They do. They love you. I don't know about that. Oh, yeah. They want to hang out with you. That's scary. I know. I don't know. Is that pathetic for me at 35? You know, the, the coolest thing think people think about me is is how cool my mother is oh you have many other cool attributes well and i was thinking about this even further and maybe this is where it gets dangerous because i get into my own head 
because just recently I, I started hosting trivia again. Right, that's it, good. It is, it's great. I was doing trivia around uh, mostly between Fargo and West Fargo. I don't think I ever had a gig in Moorhead. No. But I was a trivia host for about, I want to say almost three and a half years. And then when the pandemic hit, you know, it really put a cramp on my act. Yeah, everything, <laughs> all hell broke loose. It did, it did. Uh, but I'm back up doing uh, Two Lanterns Trivia is is back up and running again. Uh, people can catch me Tuesday nights downtown Fargo at Drumkin Rats Brewery, which is right on uh, 1st in downtown Fargo. And Wednesday nights, you can check me out uh, in the Troll Lounge at the Sons of Norway in downtown Fargo. I'm going to check that out one night. That is such a fun venue. And it, it's one that I don't think a lot of people know about. And it is. It's like walking right into the 70s. And you asked on a previous episode if they have a disco ball. I did get a grand tour. The disco ball isn't actually in the Troll Lounge. But if uh, you wish to book a an event, like, you know, if a wedding or... Or if you just want to throw a party, they have a room available for that, which does have a beautiful disco ball. I knew it. When you yeah. said they were in the 70s, there had to be one in the building somewhere. Well, yeah, there's so much fun stuff to that. So at any rate, I'm a trivia host again, right? Awesome. So there's a lot of useless knowledge that's floating around in my head, right? And I'm 35 years old, and and I don't know. I have fun hanging out with you, but there is the whole thing of... I hang around with my mom, right? So I've got a lot of useless knowledge, and I hang around with my mother. Am I becoming Cliff Clavin? No. You don't think so? No. Okay. Not at all. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Do you work for the Postal Service? I've never worked for the Postal Service. Well, there you go. You're not Cliff Clavin. Okay. All right. I'm glad we cleared that up. I couldn't see Cliff hosting trivia either. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> we should kick, have done an episode like that. That would have been fun. I did get to meet them. And yes, you did. You did. And that's another <laughs> thing I'm going to share with everybody, the six and a half listeners of our show, is that I have started going out. You know, some people take out their phone. And they'll show like pictures of their kids or pictures of their dog or pictures of their cat. And, you know, just as an icebreaker when you're in a, you know, you're hanging out and there's just people like, you know, they share things. And I was in one of those situations not that long ago and and they got to me like, well, what do you have to show, Ben? And when I showed what I the first photo I picked up was a picture of you at the Shooting Star Casino Standing between John Ratzenberger and George Went. Nice. <laughs> I said, "Yeah, this is very nice. This is my mom. Check that out." I was kind of nervous <laughs> that day because I went alone, but yeah, it was worth it. it. Weren't you the first in line too? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I should have called you, but I knew you couldn't get off work. But oh, then I, I could have brought some paraphernalia work. for you to get autographed. I would have blown off work in a heartbeat. They were really cool. It was, but it was so spur of the moment. It was like they announced it that day. Yeah, there wasn't much advertising with it. I guess they were going on the casino circuit for a while, 
and just doing this thing where they they would just hang out and and sign autographs. They just randomly showed up at places. And they didn't even charge you, did they? Nope. And huh. we each got like you know a few minutes with them. It was it was quite interesting. Yeah, that sounds like it was a lot of fun. And and you did get me an autograph. Which I did. I appreciate. One of these days, I'm gonna have to get it framed yeah. alongside the picture. Of the three of you, because I, I think you were I a little irritated cool. with me. I was at the time, but I got over the envy of it, and now it's just it's uh, you know. I think I had like two hours to get there. It was like not a lot of notice when it came you online. You really don't have to worry. There's no bad. There's no hard feelings on this because I've just admitted to you that I will like be hanging out at the bar and show random strangers pictures of it because I think it's one of the coolest things ever. You should show your picture <laughs> with Lily Tomlin. Yeah, but that one's such bad quality. That was taken on yeah. like a flip phone. Yeah, flip phones didn't do very good photos. Yeah. We didn't have a, we should have just been carrying disposable cameras with us. Yeah. And if you did that now, where would you get them developed? It's a whole other thing. It's true. I don't know. I don't know. It's all fun. But at any rate, uh, you know, we do have a movie that uh, we're going to chat about here. And uh, I didn't even really anticipate that this would be uh, a movie we would watch for an episode. I didn't intend it that at all. I was, I was out here at the farm last week. Mm-hmm. And you, you and Dad were grinding apples. Yeah. We had to test out Dad's new Apple Press. Yeah. And so it was kind of like one of those days where it's, you know, it, it, there was a task that was at hand and we'd been working and, and we just needed to like kind of relax in the evening. And I just threw something on just for the sake of throwing it on, right? Yeah, because you didn't want to really like get into a movie you got to think about and pay attention really close. No, I just, wanted a, I just wanted a little escapism that I thought everybody could get into. So I I threw on Steel Magnolias. That was perfect. I thought so too. Yeah. Where do we start with this one? You know, there's so many things going on in it. But the one thing for me with the film, how I relate to it, is, you know, I grew up in Duluth. So I grew up in the city. But way back when I was a kid, neighborhoods were pretty tight so we kind of had that nuance that the women in steel magnolias had but even more so now in a small town we have that nuance there's places I can go where I can see that how people take care of each other and maybe neighborhoods are that tight still I have no idea I haven't lived in the city for a long time and that's an interesting thing just to talk about as far as a neighborhood is concerned because now, I well, throughout all of 2020, it's like you, I don't think anybody saw their neighbors. And we became disconnected, and this yeah. movie brings you back to that being connected because I remember as a kid, my mom and the ladies, they all had their weekly coffee party and so we'd have to go around to each house and find out who was coming and each each person hosted it every week and all the women would just get together and visit and have coffee they were all housewives you know yeah and I kind of get 
that vibe comes through on this movie where they're all taking care of each other. Right. And and kind of along those same lines with this film, one thing that I love about it is, I mean, I don't know. This is a difficult question for me, at least. Like, who are the leading ladies in this film? You know, I think there's probably four of them for sure. Well, right. And there's four different, there's different stories that are being told. Right. And it's not following just that one character arc of, like, I mean, a lot of the movie is about Julia Roberts' character having type 1 diabetes. Right. That's a big thing about it. But that's not the only thing. To me, the running theme in it isn't that to me the running theme is what i just talked about where right because everybody s- has their challenges in right. life and these women have a bond where they're just tight and they help each other with their challenges daryl so hannah's character yeah. goes through a whole just like 360 throughout the whole picture huge transition. she starts out as this kind of shy you know, She's plain awkward. looking awkward girl. And then she gets hired on by Dolly Parton in her beauty salon and things start going well. And then before you know it, it's like two months later, she's at the county fair and she's got enough hairspray that's you know, her hair is stacked, you know, to freaking Jeff Bezos space cock. That's how high it is. <laughs> and, and she's going through a rebel phase, right? Yeah. And then she does it, and then she goes back all, the other way around because then she almost finds passed church. where she was, right? Because then she finds church, and then she realizes the error of her ways, and it's just one of those fun little storylines that pops up, you know, throughout the whole thing. And there are other characters too. And the, the piece that I love about that is, for me, it makes it real because. Right. Everybody's on a different path, and all of our paths are intertwined. They're crossing each other, and where one story might end, there's like another story that begins, and it's very natural. That's probably one of the biggest things I love about this movie is it plays so naturally. I would agree. It's it's very real. You don't have to think, oh, somebody wrote these lines, or it's just. The way they, the actresses and the actors too, well, the way they interact, it's very natural, extremely so. Well, and I think part and parcel of what we're talking about, the reason behind that is this movie was adapted from a stage play. Right. And the stage play was actually written kind of loosely based on actual events was it was something of an uh, somewhat autobiographical as in regards to what had happened and and so there's a lot of heart to it it's not there's some great lines in this movie there's a lot of good humor in it i'm not there's a lot of great lines but it's not the reason that they're great lines is because it's not because of the line it's because of the interaction between these characters. I love watching Olympia Dukakis and Shirley MacLaine go at it. That's some of my favorite parts of the film, truthfully. <laughs> Weezer. Yes, Shirley MacLaine uh, was uh, Weezer. 
and Olympia Dukakis was Clary. Like, I think anybody could watch this film, maybe, I don't know about men, but any woman, I'm coming from my perspective, and I think they could relate to one of the characters. I totally relate to Weezer. I don't think the whole gender thing is, is an issue. For me, I find, I I relate because it's, I don't know, it, it, it's just, it's a very human film. These are human characters. It doesn't matter if, I think you could pull this off with an all-male cast, but yeah. it would be a different story, obviously. But I think you could capture, it, yeah, I'm not saying they should remake this. I'm not, uh, just to get that clear. I'm saying you could tell a very similar story with a group of men as friends. Yeah, it's that human connection with each other. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there might be some people who will say, oh, God, I can't believe you watch Steel Magnolia. It's a chick flick. I say, fuck that. I watch it because it's, it's, a, it's a hilarious, heartwarming human slice of life yeah and the actors and actresses are the way they i mean they they have a stellar cast for it let's face it they all did an excellent job oh and you could tell they're having so much fun with it too the whole banter between tom scarrett and uh shirley mclean yeah over the dog the dog (laughs) (laughs) every time he sees her he's And there's such stupid little things that pop up because when we were watching it right away at the beginning, because it's uh, Julia Roberts, her character is getting married off and it, it starts out, they're all in the house. Sally Field plays her mom and they're all getting everything ready. And she's, you know, I can't remember, she's getting dressed or whatever. And they get to the whole subject of the car. Yeah, decorating the car. Yes, and right away it's just like, make sure those boys don't put those condoms on there. And I'm like... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if it was like intended, but I think Sally Field just starts cracking up at that point. Doesn't she laugh at that point? I think so. You don't know if she broke character and they left it in or if... If it was, if it was written it, in, or, I don't know. She threw that in, and they. Yeah, and they I think it might have been a little bit of ad lib there. I don't know, and uh, and and we would be, we'll probably be shot by anybody listening to this if we don't talk about Dolly Parton for a moment. Oh, I you know I just love Dolly Parton, aside from just this movie. She's just got such a huge heart, and she... And I think you see it in her acting. Oh, you def- she's very genuine. Yeah. You know, she came from poverty, and she gives back all the time, and you definitely see her in her acting in this. She's she's just genuine. I gotta wonder, is, do you think she's even acting? Do you think it's acting to her? Because I... it just seems like when you see her in a movie, it's like, oh, that's Dolly. Yeah, it's just natural, like, that's who she is, yeah. even though she was playing Truvy, which I don't know what that's short for. We talked yes, about that. Yes, we talked that's about that. What, if anybody knows, what in the hell Truv, Truvy? Truvy is her Truvy, character's name. Truvy Jones was Dolly Parton's character's name in Steel Magnolias. If anybody out there 
listening knows what in the hell Truvy is short for, please write to us because that one's been bugging me for at least a week. That was a curious one. But she yeah. is almost like what you'd think her real personality to be. Truvy's character is where she's just taking care of everybody and making sure they have, you know, their beauty stuff done and making sure everybody's happy. And I kind of sense that with Dolly as a person. As yeah. herself, you know. Yeah, she's she's looking out for people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that the whole salon scene is always that's some of my favorite stuff where they're in there getting their hair done and chit chatting back and forth with each other and it's yeah. I like that part. And then of course there's I don't remember Julia Roberts' dad's character's name. Oh, Drum. Drum. Who is played by Tom Skerritt. Right. When he's trying to get rid of the crows in the tree. <laughs> yes. I love that. That That's part of the whole wedding. That Right away at the beginning of the film, Julie Roberts and Sally Field are yelling at each other to make sure that the younger brothers don't strap a bunch of condoms to the car. Meanwhile, you cut outside and it's, it's Tom Skerritt out there with a pistol just shooting at just these randomly crows. shooting. And then they get a whole <laughs> rigged up thing with firecrackers. And yeah, they oh, scare yes. everybody and the eggs get broken for the Easter egg hunt because he's shooting everything. They get smushed in the trunk of the car. That whole scene is just hilarious. It is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. And uh, since we're on the subject of characters, this is a question I've been wanting to ask you for the longest time. And now I get to do it publicly on the Internet for however many people decided to click on us. But I'm going to ask the question anyway. Exactly how much do you feel akin to Shirley MacLaine's character, Weeza. Well, why are you asking me? You know the answer to it. I know, but I want to hear it from you. I am Weezer. <laughs> Weezer's like my long-lost sister. <laughs> it's the scene when they're in there, and, and it is a great I know what you're going to say. In the, I don't know if you do. It's a scene where they're in, you were talking about it, when they're in the salon. Yeah. And the whole gossip, all of it. And it, yep. I love watching it. It's so much fun. And everybody else is getting their hair done that day, except Weezer. She was out gardening. Yep. I and, knew what you were going to say. And she brought in tomatoes yeah, for and, everybody. And what did I say? That's me. <laughs> and she's. Just bitching about it. Just, here, take these tomatoes. i got to get rid of them. She's just so grumpy about it. And I can't remember who it is that asks her that says, Weezer, why why, why do you grow tomatoes? Because that's what old ladies do. <laughs> and guess what, folks? I have, like, bounding amounts of tomatoes in the garden right now. And the other really funny part about this is yes. when I can relate, like you've been around here on the weekends and I, I think it was last weekend. So we're doing our, everybody's doing their own thing. Ben's doing his thing. I'm doing mine. And then we go outside and what is your dad doing? Picking tomatoes? No. 
What was, I don't know what he, he had his doing. gun out and he's shooting at stuff. Oh yes, that's right. <laughs> he, he loves to do that, you know. So it's like we are living the movie. Just call me Weezer though, but Weezer beyond the tomatoes, she's probably got more, or I have more of the characteristics of Weezer because she's kind of got that ornery outer exterior. Because I remember when you were in high school, you said people feared me. I think some of them still do. Yeah, but, but deep I don't down know. inside, I care about people, and I'll help them. You know, if well, you need something, I got your back. That's true, and it is kind of weird. And now Weezer that was that way. Yeah. she'd have people's back. It's kind of weird how you put it that way now, because I'm thinking about it. Yeah, in high school, people were scared shitless of you. Yeah, and now I don't know. Maybe you've mellowed with age, because now you're just like you know, podcast sweetheart star. Oh, I don't know about sweetheart, but I never thought of myself. I think of myself as Weezer, not as a sweetheart. Because <laughs> Weezer's like someone you love, you love, but she's got that little kind of angst in her, you know? Has anybody ever threatened to punch you in a graveyard? Not yet. <laughs> yet being the operative word, right? Go ahead, punch Weezer. <laughs> Favorite line in the movie. What was I doing when we were watching it? I was like, wait for it. Yes, Here it comes. When it, it's the scene where... Uh, and it's, it's towards actually, the end of the movie. It's towards the end of the movie. It's after uh, Julie Roberts' character dies, and they're, at, and they're burying her, and Sally Field is just wrought with emotion and everything, and, and does a beautiful job in the scene. Yeah. It's a very dramatic moment, and it... And for anybody that wasn't watching it with you, they probably would have a, a little bit of a tear come to their eye. Mm -hmm. But watching it with you, it, it, Sally Field's in the middle of this very frantic, emotional monologue, and you're sitting on the couch and you're like, wait for it. <laughs> wait it's for coming. it. It's Here coming. It comes. up. Yeah. Any minute now. Pay attention. And then Sally Field just says, I just want to hit something. I just need to hit something. And Olympia Dukakis grabs Shirley MacLaine and says the line, Go ahead, hit Weezer. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. It's just perfect, that line. The way they all played together in that scene is just... Because then Malin... She's yeah, Sally Field's character. Oh, Sally Field's Malin. Yes, I'm talking about um, Daryl Hannah. Oh, Daryl Hannah. She's I like jumping her. in there, yeah. quoting Bible verses oh, yeah, to that's Sally right. Field, and it's not the time for Sally to want to listen to that. Like she's just like, no, I I just want my daughter back. Right. It's just the whole interaction is it's real and it's raw. But then they throw in that humor that takes you up and down on it. That's probably part of what I like about the movie. It takes you up and down. It does. It's not it's for very a long real. time, but certain parts do. It's very real. It's very genuine. And I, I think I think this is a movie that's got something for everybody. Dad was laughing at it when we were watching it. I think it has stood the test of time. Oh, absolutely. I don't. What year was it done? Nineteen eighty-nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's kind of maybe, I don't know if you call those classics yet, that long ago. Yeah, I'm but. not sure, you know. It's, well, what and what makes a classic? 
You know, True. when you think about it, you know, that's that's a tough question. Yeah. Well, you know me, I'm always, you know, paying attention to little nuances and little people popping up throughout movies. And there was one uh, particular character I wanted to talk about, particularly the actress who played her. And that was uh, Miss Merry Christmas. Do you remember there's an, mm-hmm. er, the character was Nancy Beth Marmillion. She was the daughter of uh, Drew and Bells. It was like the one of the high class families in town, and she won the Christmas pageant, the oh, beauty that's pageant, right. yes. Miss Merry Christmas. Yes, and it, she was played by Janine Turner, who we know from Northern Exposure. Wow, I missed that. You should yeah. have pointed that out when we were watching it. She played, uh, what was the name of the pilot on, on Northern Exposure? Oh, my brain's not going to be able to oh, come up Oh, what was that. her name Yeah, on that show? Uh, Maggie O'Connell. Maggie O'Connell. Plan- yeah. Good Who series. Is? Oh, great series. Again, and, and great another actress. series that I live in Northern Exposure. It's yeah. Another small town type thing characters around it well maybe we can review an episode sometime yeah maybe we'll switch the format it'll be uh talking tv with my mom i don't know whatever but that is a good series but yeah these i didn't notice that 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 was her well, you probably didn't recognize her because the hair in the this hair movie is movie is huge. 80s hair all the way through it. It's huge. It takes up like half the screen. It does. <laughs> it's 1980s hair through and through. You know, Truvy was busy fluffing everybody. Yeah. It's just wild stuff. And, uh, and, and it was a film that uh, did get some acclaim. Uh, particularly for, well, no, it looks like uh, Shirley MacLaine and Olympia Dukakis got in the mix. I thought it was just Julia Roberts and Sally Field. Uh, Julia Roberts uh, was nominated for Best Supporting Actress at the 1989 Academy Awards, Uh, but she did win the Golden Globe. She was only nominated for the Oscar. She took the Golden Globe. Uh, Sally Field was nominated for Best Actress for the Golden Globe. Shirley MacLaine actually got the most notable nominations. Not surprising. Listed here from Wikipedia, and we all know how reliable that is. Uh, But she, in 1991, she was nominated for the British Academy Film Awards for the Best Actress in a Supporting Role. Uh, she was also, in 1990, nominated for Best Supporting Actress for the Chicago Films Critic Association. And this one is fun because this was uh, two nominations, one for Shirley MacLaine and one for Olympia Dukakis. The 1990 American Comedy Awards nominated both of them for the Funniest Supporting Actress in a motion picture. And yeah. I think that is so apropos because they yeah. were some of the, they had the funniest parts in the whole movie. They did hold a huge base of the comedy in the movie and they're so good at delivering it. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. Just the chemistry that was between those two. It was like, it, I, I would honestly compare it to Walter Matthau and Jack Lemon. Oh, definitely. That same sort of give and take. like That going back and forth. They love each other, but they hate each other, but they love each other. 
you know, it, yeah, I thought that they were a great pair and couldn't, this whole movie, I don't think could have been cast any better. No, no, the casting was done excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Another weird thing that I, because you know me, I always got to look into the weird stuff behind some of these. Weird, wild uh, stuff. Weird, wild stuff. You heard it first here, Ed. This was, uh, this is your, uh, your, I don't know, obligatory bad impression. If you know the answer, uh, send it in. Um, At any rate, uh, there was a TV show pilot that was made based on Steel Magnolias. Seriously? For CBS, yes. A pilot, it only got a pilot? or It never saw the light of day. It uh, only got the pilot episode uh, because it was one of those things where, and it's not uncommon, I don't know so much now as far as television is concerned, but particularly, definitely in the 80s and 90s, if there was a successful movie, there were network execs that were trying to suck as much money out of it as possible. And Steel Magnolias fell into that mix. Uh, You want to hear the cast on this one? This would be the problem of why it wouldn't get off the ground even before you tell me what it is. So the, and I think that Sally Field was considered like one of the leading actresses in this. I think she's probably, yeah. I think she's actually got the most screen time. I think she does. She's in anybody. almost every scene. Yeah. So she played the character of Malin. Malin. And for the TV series, they cast Cindy Williams. No. Yeah. No. Shirley from Laverne and Shirley. No. You couldn't picture it? No. I don't know what Cindy Williams would sound like with a southern accent. Yeah, it just doesn't fit. <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't know. I want to know who they I'm cast for sure. Weezer. Weezer, actually, I would have liked to have seen this because it was Elaine Stritch. Who is... I'm trying to think of something you would know Elaine Stritch from. Uh, she was uh, she was bigger on Broadway on stage. Oh, she did okay. do some film and television work. She was almost cast in The Golden Girls. Oh, she was um she auditioned for uh, Dorothy's Bornack, oh, okay. uh, B. Arthur's part. Yep. Uh, but uh, oh, I can't think of something that I'm sure she's. If you saw her, you'd know. She was in the movie uh, with Norm MacDonald and Dave Chappelle called Screwed. Mm, I don't know if I've seen that. Yeah, I knew you wouldn't have seen that one. Uh, she also played uh, on Third Rock from the Sun. You remember that show? Oh, yeah, I remember Third Rock. Uh, there was a few episodes where she guest spotted on. She played Jane Curtin's mom. Okay. And uh, she also she was on Thirty Rock. She played Alec Baldwin's mother. Uh, I'm sure if you saw her, you would know. Yeah. You you know you'd know who she is. I still think though, trying to make a show out of it, just you can't replicate what those actors did in the movie and those people, unless they were going to get that same cast. The show isn't going to really go anywhere. Well, and when you're doing something, adapting something from one, because 
taking something from cinema and then adapting it to television, it's a different medium. Yeah. And so there are different things that are going to happen, and there's different ways that you tell the story. One of the few, while we're talking about this, you know, just having quick convo on adaptations, sometimes it works because in the case of Fargo, yeah, I much prefer the FX series of Fargo I to the original agree. movie. I would agree. So I think it depends upon the story the that's being told. It also depends upon who's taking it on as far as writing it. Is it going to be the same? Are they willing to make it somewhat original? So it's not an impossible thing to achieve. It's just throughout the 80s and 90s, well, cocaine probably had a lot to do with this as well, is they were just like, wow, it did great at the box office. We'll get the ratings through the roof. All we got to do is copy pasta, throw this in there, uh, a little razzle-dazzle, and we're good to go. There wasn't the same attention to detail no so not surprised that it didn't get off the ground i guess i'm not surprised at all i'm i'm gonna scour the internet to see if i can find a clip because the other thing that i found interesting about this so they adapted it for television what kind of show do you think it was I think it would be kind of like a sitcom. It was. It was a half-hour sitcom that they were throwing out there. Because the end of the movie kind of leaves you with, you know, life moves on. Julie Roberts' character dies, and they all have to deal with life again and help continue to help each other. But then they'd have to have different storylines every week for a sitcom that's going to hit as well as what the movie did. I think it would be hard. I think so too, because it it yeah is it it because where else do you go with it? It'd have to be a continuation. I mean, they could go with Jack, the little kid growing up, but that would get old really fast. Well, and the other thing, now that I think of it, they probably had to compete with like you know shows like Designing Women. Yeah. Which you know, and yeah, now well, that were I the think Golden of that, Girls out at that time too. Well, no, I think, well, the Golden Girls ended in 91. So they it would have been, been on the tail end of it. Span, yeah. Designing Women was definitely on at that time. And this was 1990. And it was CBS. And if I'm not mistaken, I swear Designing Women was on CBS. I think it was. So that would have just been weird. Yeah. If they would have actually launched it because then it was, well, would they put it in the same time time block? Because that same was hour? a whole other Southern sitcom. Which was very successful and oh, had yeah. you know, great people involved with that. I loved uh, Annie Potts yeah. and Gene Smart and but Dixie seemed, Carter. Seems like it would have been a little bit redundant. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I think of it, it just would have been a weird thing. Like, would they just had the, here's the, the Southern Women Hour on CBS every Tuesday. And really, those were the days when we didn't have, you could access video, but it was a hassle. And we didn't have all these platforms to watch whatever you wanted. So you think they would want to have more variety on the weekly shows because 
you're not going to have the same theme run, running every day of the week. Right. You know, a bunch of sitcoms about Southern women. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. It's an interesting thing. I may have to do some research because I would like to see what what they were trying to do with it. I'm, I might have yeah, to go I'm on. Yeah, I'm curious the, about that. I'll have to just uh, find find my keys and unlock the the weird corner of the internet that I've found, and and maybe we jump down a rabbit hole. Maybe we can find it. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, we'll I'll see. Look one night. But overall, I love this film. Yeah, I think it's very worthy. I mean, you can call it a chick flick, but there's enough humor in it that a guy would like it too. If you're paying attention, there's funny things that are going on. Exactly. It's, you know, it's just a genuine slice of life. It definitely is. I and I, I can. It's one of those movies because, like I was saying, the only reason I threw it on was I was like, we've all had kind of a long day. Let's just throw something we all can just relax to. Right. It, it is one of those go-to flicks. You don't have to go into a big, long thought process of figuring out a plot and paying that close of attention. And it's it's just an easygoing, light thing to watch. You know, some of the content is sad. But yeah. I would say it more dominates on comedy. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. Well, and it makes it even funnier watching with you because i still wait for it (laughs) i am weezer you are you are weezer (laughs) you used to accuse me of being archie bunker but i think i'm weezer yeah i had my archie bunker days are over i don't think you really you had archie bunker days i think just my my taste and sensibility hadn't quite matured to that point there you go and because you're not nearly as bigoted as no, no, I'm not. No. I'm just teasing. No. Yeah. I think I am Weezer, though. The tomatoes is sheer proof of it. Oh, yeah. I oh, have yeah. more tomatoes than I know what to do with. Right every now. year, I'll, every time with the garden, all I end up hearing at the end of the season is you bitching about produce. Plant a garden, they said. It'll be fun, they said. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. Everyone should learn to garden. And know where their food comes from. But just be prepared that you might end up with so much of it that it drives you nuts. Sometimes the rotten ones go over the fence. Just don't tell dad. That's That would be the Weezer in me because, you know, <laughs> like, oh, I'd eat my frustration out. I'll just wail a tomato that way. Well, boy. Well, I Might hey, have been a grape or two today. I tell you what, I we've come down to the end of another one. Oh, that went quick. Didn't it, though? You got anything you want to... I hope the people to... listening think the same thing. Well, hopefully they do. So I want to know, though, six and a half. What's a half listener? I'm just curious. Uh, some of them are, are short. Oh, okay. So I, I count them by height. Oh, okay. Yeah. Didn't know if they're listening to half the podcast. Oh, that's another way. They could be. Yeah. There's probably some people who just tune in and they realize, oh, wait, this is what? It's not what my jam. This? I don't know what this is. And they just, yeah. you know. Do people do that? Like, you know how you'd cruise on the radio dial for something? Do people do that with podcasts? I don't know. I don't either. It's a whole other thing. It's all, I don't know. It's all this technology. But at any rate, you got anything to wrap up on this one? No, I think people should watch it if you haven't seen it. And if you have, it's always a good go-to movie like you say where there's sometimes where you're just tired and worn out and 
You don't want to put a lot of thought into something, but you want to be entertained, and it's very entertaining. It is. It's almost comforting, I would say. Yeah, I would say that's more the word for it, you know, that you just can unwind and have a few laughs and know that life keeps going on. It gives a good message. It is. From 1989, it's Steel Magnolias. We found it on Stars. I'm sure you could find it in all sorts of other places, but whether you've seen it a million times or if it's your first time, check it out. Give it a whirl and and you know what? If you feel squirrely, let us know how you felt about it. You can reach out to us on Facebook or always by email at talkingmovieswithmymum at gmail.com. On that note, Mum, you got any last words? No. I gotta pick tomatoes tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Probably a couple bushels out there. Okay, all right. I don't have a dog, though. Okay. <laughs> Thanks so so much for listening, folks. We do appreciate it. And next time, we'll see you at the movies. Bye.